0: I'm in Las Vegas on Fremont Street. There's live music. There's a zip line. There's a lady doing tricks with a whip. She cracked her whip at you. She almost got me. <laughs> Before the big name glitzy casinos of the strip were built, Fremont Street was the heart of Las Vegas. We are talking Rat Pack, Las Vegas. Back in the 1950s, this is where people came to have fun. But in those days, the main attraction was a little different. Back then, you'd climb up to the roof of a casino, party all night long, and then, just before dawn broke, you would turn toward the desert to see the big show. I'm not talking about a show like Frank Sinatra here. I'm talking about... an explosion of an atomic I'm Amanda McGowan, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we're heading to the National Atomic Testing Museum in Las Vegas, Nevada, to explore a time in American history when weapons of mass destruction were a tourist destination. That's up for this.
1: For your next vacation spot, check out Texas for their vast landscape of culture, regions, destinations, and activities. Explore 350 miles of coastline and every kind of hiking trail from strenuous to wheelchair accessible. Enjoy world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Travel Texas even offers an online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Visit traveltexas.com/getyourown to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It's I stole My Village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.
0: For a few weeks in June, my boyfriend and I went on a cross-country road trip. Boston to Southern California. Totally rad. And so, of course, we had to stop in Las Vegas and did a little bit of gambling, went to a magic show... Don't judge. But there was something else that I wanted to see. The National Atomic Testing Museum.
1: This nuclear chain reaction causes a tremendous explosion.
0: So there we are in the lobby, hanging around. Uh, One of the docents comes over and razzes me about my radio kit. You always walk around with that (laughs) kind I do. Not everybody does that, you know. A few minutes later, Michael Hall comes down to meet us. He's the director of the museum. The tour begins right here, in the lobby, in front of this giant hulk of metal that looks kind of like a cartoon of a bomb. It's got a bulbous end on one side and fins on the other.
1: But that is an original bomb casing. And that is what went inside the Fat Man bomb that was used on Nagasaki.
0: Oh, I didn't know this. I thought this was a reproduction.
1: No, it's an original. Now, obviously it was never used, but right. they built, they built <laughs> I about- was like, wait a second <laughs> Well, they build about a dozen. Yeah,
0: that's um, my nervous laughter in there. It's a little unsettling to be this close to an actual atom bomb case.
1: So we'll kind of start Mm. at the beginning. And it's actually, again, when I give the school kids a tour, I say, we're going to go in a tunnel of time because it's very chronological. And, you know, here again, the Manhattan Project, World War II. August
0: 1945. After years of a top secret government science project, the U.S. produces the most terrifying weapon ever known to mankind, the atomic bomb. The U.S. drops two of these atomic bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki in Japan. It effectively ends World War II, but it also claims the lives of around 200,000 civilians. At the end of the war, the U.S. has a monopoly on atom bomb technology. But just a few years later, in 1949, Russia explodes its first atomic bomb. The Cold War begins and triggers a nuclear arms race. To win an arms race, you need weapons. To build weapons, you need a place to test them.
1: But as soon as you swing around here, we come uh, with a map of the Nevada test site. And this was a perfect area. This was one of the most remote areas in the entire country. There was nothing around here except a teeny, tiny town down here, Las Vegas, Nevada, about 21,000 people.
0: Vegas Uh, at the time is pretty small, a little oasis of gambling and debauchery. And just outside of it, there's miles of desert. So in 1951, the government starts testing. They even bring live troops out there to get used to the idea, psychologically, of fighting on a battlefield alongside an atomic bomb.
1: The tremendous detonation, felt 260 miles away, shakes the earth under the soldiers, and the blast fills the air with flying dust.
0: Now, let's take a second to acknowledge how wild this is. Blowing up atomic bombs 100 miles away from an American city? But Michael reminds me that the mindset back then was really different.
1: Atomic testing was part of our national identity. America was proud of it. And this was the recent World War II generation, and everybody was very patriotic. And we were kind of felt like we were in these desperate times with the Cold War and Russia, and a lot of people thought there'd be another war. We'd have to fight it and win it. And we had
0: 75 miles away in Las Vegas, you couldn't just Especially hear the Vegas, blasts. I mean, they- you could, could actually see, see them. The- Michael brings me over to a black and white photo of downtown in the 1950s. There's a big neon sign of a cowboy and in the distance, there's a mushroom cloud.
1: You want to make... Well, here's a good uh, image. Oh, this of, is where we're staying. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're in the historic district there, and you get a feel for Because when you look out in the northwest, you're looking right over the test site. And you can imagine how the, you know, the mushroom clouds rose into the air.
0: Las Vegas knew a spectacle wow, yes. when it saw one. Owners of casinos and businesses didn't shy away from the tests. Instead, they said, let's capitalize on all of this excitement. Let's sell it.
1: Get the drink that you don't pour. Now when you take one sip, you won't need any more. You're small as a beetle a big as a wheel. Mm-hmm. Atomic cocktail.
0: So let's say you were visiting Vegas for a weekend in 1956 you'd pick up a calendar issued by the Las Vegas Chamber of Commerce with a schedule of all the bomb tests on it. To get in the mood, maybe you'd put on a hit song like this one by Slim Gaylord. It's a great example of how atomic bombs were playfully woven into the pop culture of the time. Then take a seat and grab an atomic cocktail. That's vodka, brandy, and champagne with a splash of sherry. And then, just maybe, you'd make a stop to get your hair done.
1: And a lot of the casinos had um hairdo areas for the women and there was a fashionable kind of uh, mushroom kind of bun style hairdo that the women would get when they came to las vegas
0: right that's a hairdo that resembles a mushroom cloud atomic imagery was everywhere at the museum michael brings me over to this amazing case full of bomb-shaped salt and pepper shakers christmas ornaments with atoms on them There's even a local high school yearbook with a mushroom cloud on the cover.
1: You know, you had atomic cereal, you had atomic toys, you had atomic candy. I mean, everything. uh, It was the atomic age.
0: You'd even see the atomic branding used in local marketing. Like, you might pass the New Frontier Hotel and see that they were billing this little-known guy from Memphis as the world's first atomic-powered singer. His name, by the way, is Elvis Presley. But the real show comes later. For that, you've got to climb up to the roof of the casino. Settle in because we'll be here all night. As dawn approaches, turn toward the northwest.
1: When they went off, it made it like broad daylight. You see pictures of these things and you don't realize they were taken in the dark because it looks like high noon, because of the brightness that the atomic bombs made.
0: Between 1940 and 1950, the population of Las Vegas nearly tripled, thanks in large part to the defense industry. And tourism exploded too, reaching 8 million visitors annually by 1954. Visitors were drawn by the casinos and the Rat Pack and the biggest show of all, the bomb tests. The atomic age was fun and games and good times, until it wasn't.
1: These are particles of radioactive fallout. Should there be a nuclear attack, many billions of them would fall from the sky and settle to earth, releasing radiation that could cause sickness or death in the area where they fall.
0: Michael brings me over to another photo of a mushroom cloud. It looks a lot like the others that we've seen, but this one is infamous.
1: You can see here, this was a shot called Harry, and it stirred up all this dust and stuff, and that got sucked up in the vacuum of the nuclear explosion.
0: Because of a miscalculation and a last minute change in wind direction, this bomb test, known as Harry, dropped more radioactive fallout than any other continental U.S. test.
1: That wasn't good. Uh, In fact, this shot was later nicknamed Dirty Harry, because this was probably the worst one, I think.
0: People started realizing that this radiation stuff was actually really dangerous. And And things kept escalating. In 1961, the Soviets tested Tsar Bomba. It was 1,500 times more powerful than the bombs dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Then came October 1962, the Cuban Missile Crisis. The planet is brought to the brink of nuclear war something had to change. So in August of 1963,
1: Good evening, my fellow citizens.
0: President Kennedy went on TV and announced a major agreement between the U.S. and the USSR.
1: Negotiations were concluded in Moscow on a treaty to ban all nuclear tests in the atmosphere, in outer space, and underwater.
0: The partial test ban treaty marked the end of nuclear tests in... As Kennedy laid out in his incredible Massachusetts accent, the atmosphere in outer space and underwater. That meant, obviously, no more above-ground tests outside Las Vegas. But there was one place that atomic tests could still be conducted, underground. Back at the museum, our tour through the tunnel of time continues. And Michael leads me through an actual giant tunnel, about 10 feet wide.
1: This is actually a piece of a tunnel where they exploded a nuclear bomb.
0: Nearby is a well, collection they, they of enormous metal sure drill bits, like the size of a person's thigh at least.
1: But one thing we started to do was uh, drilling deep vertical holes and tested bombs deep underground, 1,000, 1,500 feet.
0: Atomic bomb tests were no longer a public spectacle. But even if they were underground and out of sight, they were now a source of public concern.
1: And it got to the point, literally got to the point, where Las Vegas did not want to address the issue in any way. Uh, They wanted tourists to come to town. They didn't have anything to show them, so they didn't even want to mention nuclear weapons. And, you know, by the 60s and 70s, I mean, people were scared of things like radiation and nuclear war. So this was by then an ugly stepdad. They didn't want to talk about it.
0: In the late 1960s, billionaire Howard Hughes bought up a bunch of land and casinos in Vegas, and he became obsessed and incensed by the underground blast that would shake the floors of his casino. Hughes went on this campaign to stop the tests. He even allegedly offered then-President Lyndon Johnson a million dollars when he left office if he stopped the tests immediately. Hughes was obviously a bit of an eccentric, but it was a symbol of how much things had changed. Vegas had moved on from the business of selling the atomic age. The US put a stop to full-scale underground testing in 1992. But the story isn't over. As we wrap up our tour, Michael shows me a spot in the museum that's roped off. Under construction,
1: and in here, in a couple months, is going a brand new exhibit on stockpile stewardship because that is a lot of what goes on at the modern test site.
0: Stockpile stewardship, in other words, out there in the Nevada desert, there are still workers who are maintaining and running tests on America's aging stockpile of nuclear weapons, just in case.
1: Because every, every year, the national labs have to assure the president our stockpile is safe, secure, reliable. The test site is still a test site to make that possible.
0: I'm sure that you've seen the news lately. There's worries that Russia will use its nuclear weapons in Ukraine. Iran's probably making a bomb. Michael tells me that when stories like this hit the headlines, people come to the museum and they ask him questions about it. Atomic history isn't all in the past. It's still being written. Before we leave the museum, I double back to an exhibit that I missed before. It's a movie theater that shows a simulation of an atom bomb test. There's the countdown and the boom. Knowing what I know today, it's even harder to get in the mindset of someone from the 1950s who saw this as just pure entertainment. Instead, as I come out of the theater, honestly, I'm a little rattled. That was scary. (laughs) you'd be scared once you and then we exit through the gift shop and out into the Las Vegas sun heading back to the party at Fremont Street the National Atomic Testing Museum is open Thursday through Tuesday reserve your tickets online at nationalatomictestingmuseum.org special thanks to Michael Hall for telling me the story of America's atomic age Our podcast is a co production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. The production team includes
1: Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka,
0: Camille Stanley,
1: Willis Ryder Arnold, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire Sous,
0: Gianna Palmer, Tracy Samuelson,
1: John Delore,
0: Tanaka Maria Mubabadidwa, Ellie Katz. Our technical director is
1: Casey Holford.
0: This episode was mixed by
1: Luce Fleming.
0: Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall, And if you would like to learn more, head over to atlasobscura.com. There is a link in the episode description. I'm Amanda McGowan, wishing you all the wonder in the world. See you next time.
1: Witness Docs from Stitcher.
0: Listen to new episodes every two weeks and make sure to follow us so you never miss one.